Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, a podcast where I talk to friends of mine living around the country about all things NBA, NBA deep dives, we do some NBA-related drafts, talk some news from around the league, NBA offseason, all that stuff. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. Uh, you can always email me any of your thoughts, opinions, questions, ideas for the show at OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Last, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, leave me five stars. Um, I really appreciate the help. All right, we're back. Happy fall. Happy football. Happy jacket-wearing season. I hope you guys are enjoying a little September weather here. Uh, I am coming off a uh, weekend trip up in Boston. I got to see my hometown New York Mets take apart. Just take apart the Boston Red Sox in Fenway Park on Friday night. Uh, Noah Syndergaard just just mowing them down in Fenway. How sweet it is. So that was super fun. Bucket list experience. Glad I uh, got a chance to see Fenway Park and good to see my brother Joe. On today's pod, my buddy Ryder Schumacher and I are going to discuss his hometown team, the Boston Celtics, their G League affiliate, the main Red Claws. Plus, we're going to go around the league and talk all things NBA free agency, who's moved where, the rookie class. Uh, We'll discuss Vegas odds, MVP candidates, who's winning the West, rookie of the year. So without further ado, let's just hop into it with the little homie, the one, the only, Ryder Schumacher. All right, on the line, my buddy, uh, he's just slammed a, uh, a bowl of uh, clam chowder up in uh, up in, yep, up in so Maine. <laughs> the king of South Berwick, Ryder Schumacher, what's going on? How you doing, buddy? How you <laughs> How's feeling? How's going, everyone? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Um, yeah. yeah, even 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 after that intense game, um, I'm doing okay. So There's for, a lot of good football being played still, so I'm feeling all yeah, right. Yeah, first things first. So this is an NBA podcast, but we're both big uh, New York Jets fans, yep. and our team NBA. just lost to the Miami Dolphins. We are... Uh, we are in an interesting moment. We just lost the Dolphins, but we do have some hope at quarterback. So, Ryder, talk me through your initial uh, thoughts, feelings, emotions, how you're, how you're feeling two games into the uh, Sam Darnold era. All right, so here's the thing. I feel good. First game, obviously, that was just uh, that was yeah. almost euphoric watching that all play out. Um, that was sort of a dream come true. I did, after that win, I did think to myself, okay, these guys, I, I don't think they're going to be all that all season long. Yeah. Um, I was obviously waiting for summer crash, and I wasn't thinking it would be to this extent after this Dolphins game today. But, you know, I'm feeling good because the defense still looks better. Um, you know, they, they made some acquisitions in the offseason by adding Tremaine Johnson, who's a big guy from the Rams, a yeah. quarterback. And then, yeah, and then obviously they drafted Sam Darnold. And Sam, you know, even though he threw two picks today and he threw one pick in the Lions game, got three picks, and I think he had uh, one touchdown today. So for three picks, three, three touchdowns at this point. He still looks good, and he looks like he's coming along. So yeah. that leaves me feeling good. And, um, you know, I'm, obviously there were some rookie mistakes today, yeah. but I still think he looked great throwing some of those balls down. I, I think the big takeaway for me is uh, two games in is the Lions are really bad. <laughs> you know, like they are. Absolutely. The, line, the Lions are really bad. That's for yeah, one. Dude, yeah, we're discovering um, that more and more. Yeah. But also, I like Darnold, man. I think, um, you know, he's kind of like, he throws a lot of risky passes, but he's he's like a high-risk, high-reward guy. So he is. He's kind of like Philip Rivers. Yeah, yeah. You, way less experience. Honestly. Yeah, you just got to kind of embrace the fact that he's going to have interceptions in his stat line. Um, right. But he's got an arm, man. He's very accurate. He's mobile. He moves around in the pocket real well. He he's a big yeah. dude. I mean, no, he's, a, he's a big, strong-looking kid. He is. And I, and I was saying to my dad at one point, we were watching the game together um, here in Maine, but I, I, was saying, I was saying to him, I almost feel more comfortable when he's throwing the ball on the run 
than when he's actually just sitting in the pocket just because he looks so much more comfortable. Yeah, man. Did you see that spin movie he had at one point? Like he, he literally turned yeah. over his right shoulder, like flipped behind himself yeah. and rolled out to that the mobility. left. Yeah, yeah it makes you feel, that, that stuff makes me feel good. So yeah. I'm, I'm feeling all right, obviously, after this loss still. Yeah, I think the future's bright. We just got to be patient. He's going to, you yeah. know, he's going to have a bunch of pickoffs this year. I mean, I think it, yeah. looking at his stat line today, he goes 25 for 41, throws for 300 yards, um, two picks, one touchdown. He had a 44 yard bomb. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's gonna you're gonna take the good with the bad here with this. You guy. You do, I know. Yeah. And you know, this guy threw over 300 yards, and he's a rookie, so that's yeah. that's cool. How's your fantasy football team look? <laughs> I was checking it right before you called, but it's uh, it's okay right now. I, I need Todd Gurley to come up big, and he's currently not. I think he's got like seven rushes for negative yardage maybe wow. unless something happened in this time Jeez. but anyway it, are you <laughs> are you optimistic about your team remind me who your running backs and wide receivers are i have uh todd Gurley and jordan howard he's playing tomorrow night Gurley and, and jordan then, howard. Uh, oh wow yeah and then um who else do i have? uh adam thielen who had a good game for me yeah uh, for the vikings and then uh i played quincy and Uno actually today because <laughs> how'd that work i out? had marquis goodwin <laughs> uh and the quincy he actually had 90 yards no did he really but yeah, I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll take this. So that's that's football. Um, talk to me about, so this is an NBA podcast. Talk to me about your off season, how you've been spending your time. You're currently up in Maine. Uh, it's Sunday. Um, are you, so talk to me, are you like the sort of NBA fan that needs to basically like completely unplug over the summer or are you still kind of keeping tabs <laughs> on your team or team, the Knicks? I, <laughs> and like so League I at Large? Yeah, right. I definitely, um, okay, so during, I mean, during free agency, I'm all over that. Yeah. Uh, Did you watch like NBA Summer League, for instance? I, d- I watched some games. I, did. I wasn't mm-hmm. as into it as I have in years past, which is funny because after I start hearing, uh, you know, uh, how great Knox is looking as well as Robinson and those guys, I did watch a little more. I still didn't watch as much probably as I would have I have in years past. Yeah. But hearing all that stuff, uh, I, I was just, I was got really psyched. Um, and I've sort of kept more tabs on it since or as of late. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm definitely still checking it out during the off season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, what are you excited about any of the rookies coming in? I mean, I, I well, yeah. in terms of the Knicks, I'm super pumped about stoked about, uh, Knox. I think Knox is like the real deal. I was, I told you I was out in Vegas over the summer for summer yep. league and, uh, he looks great, man. Um, I know. But are you excited yeah. about any of the, of the other guys coming into the league, be it, you know, Luke Doncic or Aiton or Jaron Jackson or Wendell Carter, any of these guys? Yeah, uh, Jackson and Carter, those two they mentioned at the end. Yeah. Uh, I thought in college they, they were just so excited. Those are the two guys I watched the most probably. Yeah. Um, I, and again, but I mean, I mean you know, I, I do like watching NBA ball more than college, but when I do watch and obviously watch the tournament, uh, those guys were I, – I, I, honestly, the, the next time I picked up Knox, who I did sort of want them to – you know, I wanted them to take. I obviously wanted them to take – but uh, the, uh, those two guys, rather. I mean, because I thought those guys were stellar during their, their their last years there before they went pro. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm psyched. Um, all right, so it's the NBA offseason, so I felt like it was the appropriate time to have this conversation. Uh, you're up in Maine. You're from Maine. Um, I have, for a long time, been fascinated with the Celtics G League affiliate, the Maine Red Claws. Um, so y- oh, you've yeah. been part of Crustacean Nation since the team's inception in 2009. I know you're super into the Red Claws. You know, talk to me a little bit about the team. You know, th- this past weekend I was up actually in Boston. Uh, I finally saw a game in Fenway Park, and that's been like a bucket list for- thing forever, and I got to see the Mets play the Red Sox. Um, right. 
But, you know, I I promise you, Ryan, at some point this year, you and I are going to a Red Claws game up in Portland. <laughs> right, I know. So, I I've done it. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a bit about the team, the history, and so, um, just like what I'm walking into when we when we head up there. Yeah. So, okay. So, I have some background. And I don't know as much okay. as most folks probably live in Portland do. Yeah, yeah. Because the guys who live in Portland, uh, residents there, they I'm sure they go all the time. It's like they're yeah. following up the Sea Dogs. Portland Sea Dogs baseball team because it's you know it's really all for Maine has for sports sure the, you know two minor league teams sure if you want to call that for the, the D League a- anyway it's uh, when I went when they first when they first started I went to probably three games off off the bat right off the bat just because yeah. I was like you know it's a fifty minute home for me to get to Portland it's a bit of a drive but it's still super fun small city it's easy to navigate through. I went to those games, and that's when they had um, Avery Bradley. Oh man, really? That's when he was. It's when he was playing. That's yeah. He, okay, I went to the, one of those games. I watched him play, and I was just blown away, thinking like, I just can't believe that Avery this guy Bradley. isn't yeah. in a higher league at this point. Yeah. And uh, actually, I think what maybe it was like months later. I can't remember when exactly. It's a little he, memory's a little hazy on it, but he was on the Celtics. Yeah. And I was like, I oh, think wow, it was in I just watched that. It was like 2011. He was with yes, the Red okay, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I was just like, I can't. I, I just watched this guy, and it, I mean, when you go to the stadium, that I'm not gonna call a stadium, like you know, the more like a gymnasium with really big bleachers, right? Uh, where, where the Red Claws claws play. It's the Portland are, you know, Expo Arena. It is or Portland the building, Expo Arena. Right? Yeah, right? yeah, it yeah. is. But I, again, I so when it's I went, basically. I mean. I mean yeah, I was going to it years ago, and it was still small to me then. I yeah. think it'd be much smaller now. Still, I mean, basically, like I, I looked at photos. It seems like a glorified, like it seems like a really nice gym where they would play like county high school championships in basketball yes, or something. Exactly. Right? Yep. It that's seems totally like it. it's like wooden like benches, risers that they <laughs> yeah. pull out. Yes. Uh, and honestly, the, the food's sort of similar to what you buy. Talk to me about the concessions. Yeah. Like what 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 sort of like <laughs> foods are available? You're at the not concessions um, here. It's nothing crazy. I mean, a lot of it, I bet it, it, people would call it food that you would get at a high school varsity game. Okay. Um, but we got pretzels not, and hot dogs. You got pretzels. Yeah, you do. You got pretzels. You got hot dogs. You got do nachos. Do we have any sort of like main flair? Do we have any Can I get a, like a, can I get a I would, clam bake? Can I get a lobster? <laughs> can I get a, uh, you would think so. And I would hope so. Um, yeah. Honestly, I haven't gone in so in a few years, so they might've changed up the menu. Okay. But, I, I would hope, and I, that was, I mean, because it definitely it still has this huge following, and I think that it would, it's probably gone bigger since the last time I went. Um, the Red Claws, yes, absolutely. So I would think that they would introduce some some main taste there. <laughs> yeah. So the name the Red Claws I, I read was actually chosen from a name the team contest where voters actually got to choose between like a bunch of different options. So the the yeah. names they the nicknames they chose between were the, were the Red Claws. The Beacons, the Crushers, the Destroyers, the Swarm, and the Trap. And uh, they chose Red Claws, which kind of, you know, obviously pays homage to the, to the fishing industry. But yep, the name absolutely. Red, the, the name Red is actually a shout out to legendary Celtics coach Red Auerbach. So I thought that was right. pretty cool and interesting. Yeah, I had heard that as well. Um, yeah, no, that is, that's awesome. Right, let's talk jerseys and logos here with the Red Claws. So, you know, it's yeah, we got like a nice bright red jersey here. Uh, we got yeah. some like rich green trim. The word Maine is kind of in block letters across the chest. 
And and for a logo, we have like a a surly, mean-looking lobster. He's kind of like he's got his antennae. They're they're standing up straight, and then he's sort yeah, of is, flexing. Is, uh, he's is like it, flexing is his, his claw claws. Very prominent. Yeah, he's yeah, flexing okay. his claws. Like he, you know, he's just hit the gym. He's all ripped. And uh, it says red claws over there. So um, really <laughs> I, impressive. I, I, I feel like I should have one, honestly. That sounds pretty. Yeah, pretty I, I think we we got to get some t-shirts, some swag, some re- some uh, some red claws swag. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Some, so um, notable player assignments with the Red Claws over the years. We had uh, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier played with them. Bill Walker, Lester, uh, Lester Hudson, Avery Bradley, who you mentioned. Fab yeah, Mello. You remember that guy, Fab Mello? He got drafted by the Celtics. I believe, yeah. Uh, yeah. Vaguely, yes. Marshawn Brooks. Rajon Rondo. Yep. Rajon Rondo yeah. had a cup of coffee with the, uh, the, with the Red Claws when he was rehabbing that injury. And right. uh, yep. Vander Blue. So, yeah, some big names yeah, have played man. on that court. Any uh, any any lasting memorable experiences you want to share? So you've seen a couple games there, yeah? I have, and honestly, that one game. So uh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to remember other players' names uh, hmm. or all all the That's entire fine. roster. Obviously, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I got the pamphlet, players' pamphlet, but I didn't actually keep it. But I remember that game. I was watching Avery Bradley, and he was just uh, who was he? Player playing against. I can't remember the I can't remember the location, um, but I remember that Cole Aldridge. Do you remember him? Yeah, he played for Kansas. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. huge guy, huge yeah. center, yeah, <laughs> he, big white guy. Yes, big, big, yeah. But huge. he uh, he was playing Corn as well. Fed. And, yeah, yes, and like I believe I think Avery just drove hard to the hoop, sort of hung in midair, sort of, and and uh, there was Cole just like arms, just like you know this huge bear. God. Sort of like like leaning over him with his arms. Didn't really jump to try to block a shot because he's just, you know, I mean, he was just towering over him. Had both his arms up. Did sort of make a motion to block it, but Avery just like scooped under his arm, flipped it in. And at that moment, I was like, this dude, this is crazy because that was the first time. That was the first game I've gone to. And I know that I was behind, sitting behind the bench of yeah. the Red Claws during yeah. that. Yeah. Because the, the arena is so small. You can just sort of pop down wherever you'd like and you're behind the players and, you know, you can just see there's. I mean, it's cool because you're looking, I mean, you know, uh, you know, if you're at a, a Celtics game, you know, you're sitting, it's hard to get those seats, but the Reds, the Red Claws games, these guys are just as big, sort of just as, just as there, and you're sitting right behind them. Right. And after that play, those guys just jumped up, exploded, and I was, you know, I, I think I was maybe like 14 or 15 at that point. Yeah. And I just like, I was like, this is so cool. Two questions. <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. One, um, did you were were you or were other people in the stands trash talking any of the players? <laughs> there was, um, I think there were a few, but yeah. it wasn't anything really that that no, bad. I nothing mean, too salty. No, nothing too salty. I mean, I think it was just some Mainers, you know, hyped up. Like you know, this is their team. <laughs> Sorry, uh, did you know, say this is what they got? Did you say Mainers? Is that Mainers? Is it, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. what someone who is from Maine is referred that to? That is someone from Maine is a Mainer. A yeah. Mainer. Maniac is another one. A Maniac. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Great. 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 Yeah. Great. Good to get. Good. Good to know this stuff before I head up for <laughs> yeah. my first game. Exactly. Okay. The exactly. other thing I want to know is. Um, Talk to me about like the people going to these games. Like, how, are they how into the Red Claws are they? Are there are there Red Claws like season ticket holders? Are there people there? there? Are, yeah, um, just again, just like the Sea Dogs, they're the, the you know minor league baseball team. The Red Claws. <laughs> they're the Sea Dogs of, of basketball. They are the basketball, and yeah. people have those tickets, but I believe they're actually cheaper. They should be cheaper than the Sea Dogs tickets. But people definitely hold season tickets. People wear the apparel. I've seen it walking around Portland, even if I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if I go very like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably heading there once, 
maybe one, once or twice a year, I will see people walking around with red, red claw hats, you know, sweaters, stuff like that in the winter. They, they, they definitely rep the team, <laughs> which is cool because, you know, it's, it, do you, you have a red claw sweater? Do you have a red claw sweater? No, I don't. I, after talking about this though, I'm wanting to. I, yeah. Do you think you can maybe grab us a pair? I probably, I, I, totally head back? I bet they're dirt cheap too. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it on the Red Claws. Anything else you want to share before we change gears here on the Red Claws? I mean, I would just say to anyone who uh, is going to head to Maine, it might sound sort of weird because it's just, you know, it's not a big deal. Not as big a deal to some people, this D-League basketball. But if you're in the area of Portland and it's just like a rainy day or something, check them out. Totally go to that. Yeah. Just because it's... Uh, it's definitely worth like the seven to ten bucks you have to pay. It's good basketball. Yeah, man. Really good basketball. All right, let's talk. Let's talk NBA. Um, let's talk off-season moves. So I'll run through some of the uh, the big names that have changed teams here, um, and I'm curious just to get your opinion on some of these guys who you think might have the biggest impact. So LeBron went to the Lakers. DeMarcus Cousins went to the Warriors. Paul George went to the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's now there with Dennis Schroeder. Carmelo Anthony went to the Rockets. Trevor Trevor Ariza is now with the Suns. Uh, Ron Baker's contract expired with the Knicks. Michael Beasley, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, they all joined LeBron with the Lakers. Uh, Avery Bradley, who we mentioned before, he re-signed with the Clips. Clint Capella's staying in Houston. Durant re-signed with the Warriors. Dante Exum and Derek Favors are back in Utah. Aaron Gordon's staying in Orlando. Dwight Howard is going to Washington. Um, Jokic is extending in Denver. Luke uh, Mabute is re-signed with the Clips. Um, Dougie McBuckets is in Indy. And Jabari Parker went to the Bulls. Um, and CP3 is staying in, in Houston. Uh, curious just who you think might have the biggest impact here on there minus lebron <laughs> yeah i mean is it lebron <laughs> it definitely for me it's definitely lebron yeah. and everyone who joined him i think a lot of you i'm sure other people should share that sentiment but it's hard because this off season i always um i mean it's always a big deal like i'm always like oh my god like every every move is just like i'm following it and i'm like i'm checking it out and i always think it's this it's always this monumental uh, transaction that happens but there were so many of them this year that's happened. There's so many things that just came out of the blue. Between I didn't think Demarcus Cousins would go to the, uh, you know, Golden State, Crazy, obviously. That, which I mean, I just like sat on that for a while. And next thing you know, you know, these other players, these other moves have happened that I wasn't totally anticipating. Are you? Um, um, do you expect Golden Golden State to uh, go for the uh, the three peat here? I do. Um, yeah. I mean, I I feel like LeBron will give them competition, but it'll take a year for him and his new teammates, his new offense to really take that on golden state. Uh, and the, the addition to Marcus Cousins, it's hard for me to even envision what their offense is going to be. I mean, how it could be any better but if he's you know, there. I, I mean, I'm not sure that cousins is even going to be, is, is even going to play before Christmas. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, he, I mean, they're not going to need him, right? Like, I think it's totally possible that we won't even see Cousins on the court until January or February. Right, which is why it was a bit of a confusing move for me in the first place. It's just that well, there's so much star power, though. Yeah, it's so much star power. But the, for them, it's like, well, why not? I mean, if he wants to play with us, if he's going to take $5 million or whatever whatever it is he signed for, it's like, yeah, sure, come. Come play for us for $5 million bucks. Right, I know. Yeah, it's depth is what I'm saying, I guess, at that when it comes to that point. Um, um, what about the Lakers here? Do you think they they can make? Uh, do you, you think they make the playoffs? Let I me, do. Let me oh. let me tell you. Last year they finished eleventh uh, in the West. They were thirty five and forty seven, and um, 
the eighth seed Minnesota was 47 and 35. So they would have to jump 12 games in the win column to be the eighth seed. And they would have to, you know, someone in the West has to, uh, you know, fall back. Fall back. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see, you see the Lakers making the playoffs? I do. Um, I can, (laughs) I'm not super confident in saying that, but I, I think that they could squeak out at the very least an eighth seed. Um, okay. Last year, let me give you one through eight last year. Houston, Golden State, Portland, Oklahoma, Utah, New Orleans, San Antonio, and Minnesota. Um, and Denver just missed the playoffs, and the Clippers were right there as well. So which yeah. of those teams are the Lakers taking the place of? Um, I see. Uh, I was Honestly, I, I was going to say Spurs. After the Spurs. Spurs. I, I think the Spurs, but between Manu leaving and then Leonard, yeah. um, I don't – I still think they're going to be coached well and, like, they're going to be a good team. It's just – uh, I, I don't know. Losing those two guys, I, I feel like they're going to be in a bit of a transition just because they're bringing on new guys and they've lost yeah, those guys. But this dude, what about what about the idea that Kawhi never even played last year? You know what I mean? Like Kawhi <laughs> yeah. never even played last year, and they won forty seven games and made the playoffs. And now they're adding Demar Derozan. You know what I mean? They are. They're adding. Right, I know. De, they're adding yeah. Derozan to a team that you know. I, I they lost Ginobili and Parker but they're adding DeRozan to a team where Kawhi Leonard basically didn't even play for them last year. True. No, that is true. Maybe. Uh, But I guess it's the idea. I don't know. It's just the idea that the team has, it has added DeRozan. I feel like they're going to have to sort of meld with him. That's going to be like a bit of some time for them to like play together and get a feel for one another, but not having, I I just feel like Ginobili was definitely a glue for that offense to some degree, just because he'd been with Popovich for so long. And not saying that they couldn't prosper without him being on the court because he was, you know, he was old. He's going to retire at some point. And I'm sure that, uh, people, you know, uh, uh, Greg sort of had that in mind, but that was coming. Like between losing him and knowing that Kawhi, I guess, isn't coming back, and they, yeah, and I, and I know they added DeRozan, but I, just, I feel like there is going to be that sort of a transition period where they need to lose some games just because they're trying to gel. Um, but that could happen with the Lakers too. So I, I don't know. Obviously, this is all. I don't feel confident saying the Lakers would make the playoffs, and I don't feel confident saying the Spurs would sort of fall back but uh i i don't know that's I, the, that's I, I, the I, best I, case you, yes, you can and make, i feel like yeah. i just trust i would trust in lebron sure uh, yeah just I, to get just to squeak out an eighth just because of the pressure he has on it's i like, will say i'm on record eight. as saying you know as saying like look i'm just not betting against lebron i just think that's like i, I <laughs> right, don't bet crazy. against lebron as a matter of habit but uh i i don't know man i i, I can't figure the west is just so competitive i i wonder who's going to fall back but this brings yep. me to a point. I, a story broke last night between Shams and Woj that uh, a meeting is set between the Minnesota Timberwolves and Jimmy Butler for Monday between Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau, and yep. they are expected to discuss the final season of Jimmy Butler uh, under contract and his impending agency in this coming this coming July. So I am very curious. Um, how badly Jimmy Butler basically wants to stay in Minnesota. I could foresee a situation as it really, you know, like bring it back to the Lakers. I could see a situation where maybe Jimmy Butler before training camp says like, Hey, look, I don't want to be here long-term and kind of like waves to his friend LeBron and the city of Los Angeles and says, why don't you trade me there? Um, so if, yeah. if, if LeBron was ever to find a way to, t- you know, to tag up with another star, I could maybe see, uh, a case for him making a run at like the sixth or seventh seed um, in the West, but I don't know, man. It's yeah. it's super competitive out there. It uh, is, I know. 
and <laughs> which is another reason why I was a little surprised that uh, LeBron did go to the lake. I mean, to go to the West rather, yeah. play in the West, just because I, you know, I, he could beat up on the East for so long. Sure. I feel. Um, and he would always be back in those finals. So I have a question for you. Um, yeah. If you had to put money on it now, who would you say is okay? Well, would would you take the Rockets or the Warriors? as the number one overall seed in the West or another team? Still, still the uh, Warriors. Warriors, okay. And yeah. would you would you pencil in the Rockets as the second seed? Yes, yeah. Okay, the Rockets now, in their second. if you had to put money on it, who would you say would be the third seed in the West? I'll give you the remaining teams from last year's playoffs. Portland, yeah. Oklahoma, Utah, New Orleans, San Antonio, Minnesota, and then there are teams like Denver, the Clippers, the Lakers, all vying to, uh, to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Last year's number three was Portland. They were 49 wins, 33 losses, and Oklahoma's right behind them at 48, as was Utah, as was New Orleans, and San Antonio and Minnesota each had 47 wins. There was right. two-win difference between the third seed and the eighth seed. Yeah, and I... God, that makes it really hard to make a choice here. Yeah. But I still... I still, I, I really is love there the one way team. Maybe, maybe a better way to phrase the question is this. Is there one team in the West that you feel got appreciably better that is in that three to eighth seed? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I was going to say originally that I still, I'd love the way the Trailblazers play. Me too. And where they played at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I think they were super deserving of that third seed. I almost like, <laughs> I don't think they're, I was like, don't think they're better than the Rockets, but I feel like they give them good competition every time. I was going to say, I could maybe see them slipping in as the second. I really, I'm being on the Trailblazers this year. Yeah. Um, and I, I've, I've loved the way they've played for like a long time. They've always been like a sleeper for mine and it's never totally panned out. But uh, I feel like their year could be now. I, again, I say that every year, but who knows. Can you make a case for the Jazz? Can we make a case for Oklahoma City at that third seed being better I than could. last year? Yeah, I definitely can. Um, maybe Paul George yeah. is one year more comfortable in the right. s- in the system in Oklahoma. He has more shot opportunities with Carmelo out of town. A Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder. They add, you know, maybe the team yeah. is moving a little. I definitely faster. like what they did in the off season. I definitely do. I also um, love Utah, man. I think the Jazz between the Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell, they're great. Um, you know, Joe Ingles is on that team. They have Ricky Rubio and yeah, uh, Dante Exum, Derek Favors. They're deep. Um, they're a super fun bunch. I don't know, man. They are deep. Yeah, I, I, I'm really... I think it's a, it's another toss-up. I mean, that third seed, yeah. third to fifth, I mean, the whole playoff, really. Yeah. I know. It's so competitive out there. It's stacked. Um, all right, so talk to me about the rookie class. Are there any one of these guys, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Kevin Knox, DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, uh, Jaron Jackson, Colin Sexton, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Harry Giles is coming back off for a knee surgery. Any one of these guys who you're feeling really good about coming into this year, maybe that can make a run at Rookie of the Year or um, have like a big impact for their team as a rookie? Um, I really like Mo Bamba. Uh, I wanted the Knicks. Yeah, I do yeah. like Mobamba. Yeah, I'm not good just because of his name. Um, <laughs> and then and uh, Trey Young is another. I, did Trey have a bad D League season? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, I, you mean summer league? Summer league. That's sorry, that's not that. Yeah, yeah, I would say it was at best it was mixed results. I mean, the thing about Trey Young is like they're going to give him so many opportunities. They're going to be a very bad team, and I think their recipe over there is like, hey, Trey, here's the ball, shoot as much as you want. Right. We've drafted you to be Steph Curry in Atlanta and shoot your shoot your brains out. And <laughs> the thing is, I think he 
you know, he's probably not going to have the greatest percentages and he's going to turn the ball over a bunch. And that's definitely what I saw in Vegas. But I mean, he played okay against the Knicks. He definitely hit some shots, but I, you know, he also probably took 18 shots a game or something like that. Right. And I did think Knox was more impressive. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, who are you feeling good about in terms of this rookie class coming into the year? Definitely, yeah. So, like we we've mentioned, Knox, he's the one I've watched the most, and I'm not. I probably I haven't sort of had my eye on. Uh, I, you know, I like like I said, I I, I do watch the um, summer league games. I haven't been able to see a lot of them. Yeah, uh, a lot of them play. Like I said, Mobamba, um, really, I, I loved him in college. <laughs> I thought he was great. He's another one of those guys who I I didn't watch college ball often, but when I did, he he's is he's huge, dude. and I. And I like it. And I, I you know, I, I just think he's going to be a huge, he's just going to be physical down low. He, uh, and for a team that I feel like definitely could have used that, 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 you know, that type of dude. Um, so I saw I like, the magic, yeah. I saw the magic play in Vegas and he and Jonathan Isaacs are, when they're on the court together, they are very long guys. And yeah. I actually think Jonathan Isaacs is going to have a good sophomore season. I was more impressed by, you know, as you might expect, I was more impressed by Jonathan Isaacs than Mo Bamba, um, in summer right. league, you know, just cause he had like a full year of seasoning, but, um, he looked really good. Isaacs, like he, he was definitely draining three pointers and stuff like that. And he, he's a long lanky guy. He is. I know. Um, I would keep an eye like a shorter Brzingis. Yeah, yeah I would keep an eye on Wendell Carter uh, for the Bulls. I thought at summer league, at summer league, he looked great. He really reminds me of Al Horford, uh, the center for the the Celtics. He's just one of those guys that's like very solid, has really good hands, can pass well, has good vision, rebounds the ball, and is like a defensive monster. Blocks a bunch of shots. I think one game yeah, I, I saw him. That. Over the yep. summer, I think I, I saw him in one game have like six or seven blocks in a game. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, he's he's really, really polished, really good. All right, Ryan, let's talk real quick before I, uh, before I let you go here. Can you give me – all right, two things. One, yeah. can you give me a name of a uh, – like a big name star player that gets moved, you think, either before or during the season? Is there a player that you can imagine getting moved maybe on like a – a lower seated team in the East or West that is struggling. Um, maybe like, uh, you know, I, I, I've heard guys on the Pistons maybe being tossed around like Drummond or could Blake Griffin get moved again? Or if, if the wizards don't really gel, could John wall get moved or, um, you know, could, could Kemba Walker get bounced from the Hornets? Or... I was going to say, I was going to mention, I was waiting for you to mention the hit by Kemba. Yeah. I was thinking Kemba could get moved. Yeah. Um, just because I, I, I don't necessarily know why. It's just I didn't. I, I, I for one, I'm not sure what their relationship is like um, with, with him. Him with that team. I don't know. Like if he was totally enjoying himself last year, maybe he was. But like I, I feel like they are going to regret. They're going may regress more. Or and I mean I, I, I could see that happening. I was like you know because I, I mean I've obviously thought that I mean like uh, what, what were his stats last year? I mean was he Kemba? Was he in yeah Kemba? So last year, Kemba Walker averaged 22 points, five and a half assists, a steal. Um, He shot about 38% from three. He shot about 43% from the field. Um, You know, had had how many? About three rebounds a game. 22, five, and three. Those are the big numbers with a steal. Wow. Yeah. So. I, I guess I just feel like he would be great for a team who was like who was sort of not tanking necessarily, but would be 
I don't know, just an asset for another team that could stock up on picks or what have you. I could see that happening though with Kemba. A veteran, like a team of veterans that needs a point guard, basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Who was who was just craving that? Because I feel like that is very valuable. And more often than not, I feel teams come the you know the end of the year, mid season, they're like, okay, we just need this to make that final push. Before I let you go, let me run a couple yeah. things by you. Let me give you. So I got the Vegas odds in front of me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a couple couple things at you. So first, you want to start with. Um, you want to start with rookie of the year or do you want to start odds to win the NBA championship? What do you want first? Oh, odds. Okay. Um, so odds to win the NBA championship. We have golden state at minus one sixty. Yeah, okay. Uh, we have the Celtics at plus 600, the Rockets at plus 800, the Lakers at plus a thousand, the Sixers at plus 1200, the Raptors at plus 1600, and then it gets crazy. We have Oklahoma City at plus 4,000, the Jazz at plus 5,000, uh, the Spurs at plus 6,600. I mean, it's just bananas. Anyone, be, yeah, anyone bananas. that's not the Warriors has such insane odds. So is there a team that you like, a low-risk, high-reward proposition for me and, and for my listeners here that you want to uh, tease? Um, anyone that's or, – or do you like the Warriors? Are you, you know like I do you, like the Warriors. Um, so like the, Warrior, the Warriors, the Warriors are yeah. minus one sixty, which means you have to bet one hundred and sixty bucks, and if you're right, you win a hundred back. You have to risk one hundred and sixty in order to win a hundred on top of the original one sixty. On the one sixty, right? yes. Um, whereas the Celt, like a team like the Celtics, are plus six hundred, meaning you bet a hundred bucks, and if you're right, you win six hundred bucks on top of where the original were the one hundred. Where was Portland? Portland, ooh, oh Portland, oh my God, <laughs> Portland is plus Portland is plus uh, fifteen thousand. Oh man, I, I've been telling you how much I like Portland, or, but uh... so that means, yeah, man. I mean, we got to do that. You bet a hundred yeah. bucks, and if you're right, you win fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that is that is where I'm putting my money right there. Plus fifteen thousand. I love it. I love it. Ballsy pick. <laughs> Ballsy pick. All right. Let right. me give you. Let me give you some uh, rookie of the year stuff. So okay. uh, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year odds. We have Luka Doncic plus three seventy five. DeAndre Ayton plus four hundred. Colin Sexton plus four fifty. Kevin Knox plus seven hundred. Trey Young plus a thousand. Jaron Jackson plus twelve hundred. Bagley plus twelve hundred. Carter plus twelve hundred. Um, Mo Bamba plus eighteen hundred. Um, and then they go on and on. Anything you like there? I'm going to go with who I liked uh, coming out of this rookie class with Mobamba and Knox. Uh, wow. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to say I'm going to be such a homebody here and go with Knox. Wow. All right. So you got I Knox, the most in the, you yes, got Knox at plus 700 and yep. you got Bamba at plus 1800. Why don't we bet on both? So we'll toss 100 bucks at Kevin Knox and that wins okay. 700 bucks if we hit it. And yeah. we'll toss a hundred bucks at Mo Bamba, and if that Mo hits, Bamba? that's plus eighteen hundred. Yeah, that's that's Great. bigger pickings. Okay, okay. Um, then let me throw uh, MVP odds at you here. So, yeah, we have LeBron plus three hundred, Anthony Davis plus four fifty, James Harden plus five hundred, Giannis plus five fifty, Kawhi plus eight hundred, Durant plus nine hundred, uh, Russell Westbrook twelve hundred, uh, Ben Simmons. Plus sixteen hundred, Embiid is sixteen hundred, Steph Curry is sixteen hundred. That's crazy. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving is plus eighteen hundred, Towns is plus uh, two uh, twenty five hundred, and then Lillard, your guy Lillard, is plus four thousand. Okay. <laughs> what do you like? I there? would say 
uh, curry. That, that, that came out of nowhere. I, I, I like curry. Wow. And I do like curry. That's crazy, um, man. Imagine Steph Curry plus 1,600. Yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. That's um, nuts. And, and Ioannis. I, I love Ioannis. Yeah, uh, man. He's I, he's just a statistical freak, right? Not just watching him, but like just some of the plays he makes. Uh, it's hard to gauge that. these things, man, the MVP. It is. Because sometimes there's like yeah. a story. There's like a narrative component to the award sometimes. You know what I mean? Where it's like, well, so-and-so had the best stats, but this guy really got his team to the playoffs and or this guy got his team to a high seed in the playoffs and that was unexpected. And you know what I mean? Right. So like sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes, like, a guy overachieving with his team is more important than, like, a statistical, like, just, like, a statistical incredible season, you know? Right, exactly. So it's a little hard to pick. It Um, is. But you like Giannis at plus 550 and Steph Curry at plus 1600, huh? Yeah, those are... I like both of those. You're taking a lot there with those. I like both of those. All right, right, before I let you go, I am going to give you a little Red Claws trivia here. So... Uh, again, you're a member of Crustacean Nation. You're, you're, you love these guys. So this is right up your alley. What player led the Red Claws in scoring per game this last year? Was it A, Gershon, Gershon Yabaselli? Gershon Yabaselli? Was it Abdel yep. Nader? Was it Kadeem Allen? Was it Jabari Parker? Or was it Trey Davis? Again, A, Gershon Yabaselli. B, Abdel Nader. C, Kadeem Allen, D, Jabari Bird, or E, Trey Davis? Ooh, D- did you say, oh boy, I'm going to go with Bird. No, it, it's Abdel it Nader. Nader? No. Yeah. I, I was going to say Nader. <laughs> he, won, he won on a technicality. Abdel Nader played four games. He averaged 21.2 points. Gershon Yabaselli played 14 games, averaged 20.3 points. Oh, he was second? Okay. Yeah. But uh, all these guys obviously go back and I'm forth. I'm impressed I even got that question. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, man, thanks Sweet. so much for hopping on the pod. This is yeah, super fun. Yeah, it's been great. I will great see you. When, when are you back in town? Remind me. When are, when are you uh, back down in New York? Back in town tomorrow. I got a bus at 6.30 a.m. tomorrow. So all right, sweet. And, uh, yeah, I will yeah. find you for a beer uh, sometime this week watching football. Absolutely. Right? Let's watch some football, dude. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you real soon. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. That was a conversation with Ryder Schumacher. Ryder, thanks very much. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. Send me your emails at OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy the rest of the offseason. NBA training camp is right around the corner. Uh, Happy fall. I'll talk to you guys next week.